me, Blue Samurai, with another point five episode. Again, just to recap, these point fives are selected interviews that we did in the previous podcast called the Orcacon Pod Podcast. Also, just to point out how new we were to podcasting, we failed to create an RSS feed, which meant only people that went to our SoundCloud site could even hear it. Well, we did get smarter. Basically, we YouTubed how to do it, and Paul found out all he had to do was check a box. So now you know you can subscribe to us on Sound, SoundCloud and iTunes. Look, we're not millennials. It happens. So anyway, uh, because we had great interviews that really didn't get widely shared, we're reposting them now in these .5 episodes. Now i got to tell you, this one is special because this was an interview we did with Geek Chic last year. Geek Chic is still a brand name well-known to amongst us nerds. I can't think of a single person at the hundreds of game stores I've been to that doesn't know what Geek Chic is. And as you all know, Geek Chic went out of business. It's sad. Because I knew Robert and Brenda, and I had a very pleasant time talking to them and walking through their facility. Their employees were wonderful and happy and well taken care of. Folks, it was like walking through Santa's workshop except the elves were making cool, elegant gamer tables instead of toys. They were all happy to be there. Also, Geek Chic was not only part of our tabletop gamer society and family. They were a local company here in Everett, so having them gone was a huge loss. So to Geek Chic and to all the employees that work there, this episode's for you. It's a dedication, a tribute, and I wish Robert and Brenda well in their new chapter in their lives. I'm sure you'll come back stronger. And if Robert and Brenda, if you're listening to this right now, we would love for you to come on our show. So with that, let's roll some dice. Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Amazon Gaming. Tabletop News. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some. That, that's probably our best. Lot that, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Hey, Orca nerds. Uh, here we are for our interview. We're here with Robert Gifford and Brenda Hulse Connect with Geek Chic. And thank you for coming on the air. Well, it's a yeah. pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, you guys are coming to OrcaCon. We're really excited about that. And, of course, you're a local company here in Snohomish County, here in Everett. That's right. That's and, right. And, of course, I'm really happy about that. And so how how this uh, get started? How did this begin? <laughs> uh, well, you know... Um, I, I always think to myself, which lie do you want to hear? Uh, the, the, the problem, of course, is, is that all of these things are always way too complicated to describe as one thing or one kind of origin story. And so I always think to myself, what part, what's the story that you want to hear about? What part of the story is most interesting to you? So let me think for a second. Sure. sure. Uh, well, I, I, how about this? How about we just go with, uh, how about you? How, how did Robert come about? Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? <laughs> we'll start with that. And then where, we're going to Geek Chic. Where did I grow up? Yes. I, I, I grew up in... Um, I grew up in mostly in Monroe, actually. I was in Monroe, which is a oh Cowtown, Cowtown. Yeah. Indeed. When I was there, we we it was definitely nothing like like it is now. It was no. a, certainly yeah. We had a, it was a place that my father could afford. There was a cul-de-sac development built in between uh, three farms and an orchard. Yes. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was a, it was delight for it for a kid you know, growing up in a particular. I, I remember a time it was sometime in the eighties or some or seventies some flooding and I remember cows there used to be a lot of cows up there not not as many <laughs> yeah up on a hill all crowded together yeah exactly they were they were avoiding the the, the flood waters yeah yes. no I grew up there and then uh, I ended up in my formative years uh, later in uh, Southern California for a while. And, uh, we won't fault you for that. So. Well, it's okay. It's all right. It's, it's all right. And then, uh, and then eventually moved back, back here where it's much better, as I, as I described. And then I've, I've been back and forth between California and here, uh, mostly working you know, in California temporarily and then coming back here. Any uh, school you went to? I did. Uh, I went to Cornish College of the Arts, actually. Okay. It's a weird, weird cool. descriptor as, some, mm-hmm. as, as somebody who's that. So I, was, uh, I, went, I got a degree in original works. I was part of the, 
the theater program. So uh, that's probably the carny that you smell on me. Is that? <laughs> that's the way, that's right. the way it goes. Okay, Brenda, what about you? Uh, so I, I'm actually a Bothell native. Stay for a day or a okay. lifetime. Yeah. Uh, did eventually move to Linwood. You know, I, I did get out. Okay. Uh, but most of my family is actually still in Bothell. And if you know the whole Skanax, yes, I'm most likely related. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a name that You're really. The first one I heard. <laughs> my, yeah. my grandfather was in between 13 children. My dad's the oldest of 10, and I'm the oldest of his six. So if you ever meet one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I always get teased that I grew up on a compound because uh, because mm-hmm. my grandparents lived across the driveway and I had two aunts and uncles who lived like down the hill. Uh, so definitely a local native, uh, but grew up around here, went to school around here, and um, now I'm working at Geekshi miraculously. Where did you go to school at? Uh, let's see, I uh, went to the University of Washington. Good for you. And All right. I actually mm-hmm. also have a degree from the Brian Udding School of Massage. And Excellent. And All right. the New York Fashion Academy. So I've kind of Holy got a cow. Really <laughs> well-rounded. Okay. <laughs> really interesting background, but it's... Uh, most of my background actually all goes back into uh, the helping others is, okay. is really okay. how, how all of my background kind of goes. In, in talking to you guys and, and seeing your business card, you, you have enabler down. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the equivalent is, but you seem to be, you do a lot of public of, relations and uh, you're out there. Head of sales and marketing okay. and brand okay. and that kind okay. of thing, basically helping people mm-hmm. understand what our product is and how it works. And Robert, you're obviously the, the head of this whole organization. You call yourself an instigator. Right. They, um, they had to give us titles, and so we said, all right, an instigator. Is, I'll take instigator as a title. They said, that's yeah. not what we meant. I said, that's what I meant. So we, we, <laughs> we kept it at that. Now, just in case people don't know, what do you, what do, you do here at Geek Chic? We yes. make heirloom quality furniture for geeks. So we make basically... Uh, that along with some other things, we're basically you're trying to level up what it means to be a geek. I, I feel like I feel like we, uh, if you want to know an origin story for the company, I think this is probably the most important one. Would be that that to, to this. I was I was sitting and we were playing a, a 3.5 edition of D and D, and I was playing awesome. with a guy who was one of the uh, 50 leads for uh, Windows at Microsoft. Uh, so okay. that's a big enough program mm-hmm. to use that. But he was doing fairly well for right. himself. And we played at his house. He... And at the time, what were you doing? You were, your profession at the time was? Uh, I was in entertainment. That's the best way to describe it. I was in entertainment. So right. uh, I was doing some a lot of writing and uh, a couple of different things in that regard. So, okay, you were poor. Got it. Okay, go Well, no, I was, doing, <laughs> I was actually I was doing okay. I felt felt pretty good. Okay, doing, right. I, had, I, had a cert, I had a Jeez, good, good amount of success. No, no, no. You're not helping with the stories. No, but I was, I certainly, no, Certainly, right. I was I was absolute I was poor in comparison to the people who were sitting at that table because I was sitting sitting there mm-hmm. and there was a guy who was who was uh, mm-hmm. sat next to me who had an mm-hmm. import export business which I think just meant that he printed money as far as because he was like your, your puny Microsoft dollars don't really impress me and we sat on a ten thousand dollar Italian sofa mm-hmm. and there was these custom cabinets inside this room uh, that would that held. That held Star Wars memorabilia. There was a there was a whole kind of glass encased coffee table that was a full replica of the Millennium Falcon that wow. was sitting there. I mean, it, it was it was quite extraordinary. And then we come and we play D and D and we take out these rickety IKEA TV trays <laughs> mm-hmm. and we sit on this ten thousand dollars sofa and we play our game. And um, I kind of was sitting there going, uh, "Well, this there's got to be a better way." Than this, right? ah, yeah, it's got to be yeah. a better way. That's than where the this. spark came. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, and I thought, well, maybe I'll make us a better thing than this. Maybe I'll do that. I had a design background, and so I thought, well, let's let's put something together. And so I I, I talked to a um, I built something in a CAD uh, program, which was it was actually the Sultan, which is that giant okay. brand table yeah. website. Mm-hmm. I put that together on uh, in CAD. I took it to a friend of mine who was a master cabinet maker, and I said. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I, I, I'm fine about this, mm-hmm. but, I, but I wasn't strong in the wood engineering at that point. I said, what, could this be made? So you yourself have a, you do, do the carpentry work, you don't, you, so you do the design. Well, actually, that's, it's a funny bit. So, so, at the, okay. so, so right. I said, could this be made to him? And he, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, he, I brought him some beer too, so he was you know, <laughs> so amenable to the over concept. He looked at it and he kind of... He looked at it for a bit. He kind of sussed it out. He asked me a question or two, and then he said, "Yeah, no, it can be made." I said, "Can we make it now?" Uh, 
he said, and he laughed at me uh, because uh, at the time there was the writer strike, if you'll recall. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. So we were. So this was a combination mm-hmm. of oh, I can't do anything. I can bored a bit. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know, all right, listen, can we do it now? And he laughed at me because he knew that I was I wasn't doing anything. And he said, ah, you know, sure, let me clear some things off my books. We can do it in a couple weeks. And uh, and so in a couple weeks, I showed up at his shop. And he's like, whoa, 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 and I was like. Well, no, no, we're making it. I'm going to be there. And so I lived, uh, mm-hmm. I lived in the driveway for his shop in a, in a truck for about three or four months wow. while, we, while we learned it. I mean, I, cool. it, was, okay. it was kind of, and so, and, and uh, that's the great thing about geeks is you can't mm-hmm. stop us from learning no. anything that we right. want to learn, yeah. right? So about a couple months, you know, like a month or two months in, you know, we'd be talking, we'd be doing this, and I said, well, you know, should we, should we, should, uh, are you sure we should use a lap joint here? Maybe a bridle joint's better? And he'd look at me like aghast, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's learning. Right? And I was like, whoa, 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 no, whoa, no. whoa. Listen, I said, listen, uh, I was like, you probably taught me that, uh-huh. and if you didn't, you can't stop me from learning. And right. so, so it was a very, so I was very much into the business, and, and, and I was making the furniture. So when we started to first sell our furniture, I was one of the guys working, uh, working on the furniture right from the very beginning. I, I definitely can make, mm-hmm. I definitely can make our furniture. I learned how to do it. I learned, I designed it, learned it. I know exactly how to do it. But these days, I, I, it was a tapering off. I was making mm-hmm. things in the shop for a while, and then as our business grew, I started to have less of those responsibilities. I had more of a kind of running of business responsibilities. I kind of got narrowed down to just R and D work where I design and build new things for us. And these days I have a full R&D department and when I like write something out or draw something out of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to get out there and do something, they've already got a prototype in my, in my <laughs> office for me. I was like, uh, I was going to make it. I'm sure they're like, uh, <laughs> boss, can you leave? Yeah. Uh, we got this. So. Yeah, that become a thing too. It's, it's our company grew and from the people who were very kind of intimately involved and knew, you know, friends who were kind of making this to the, you know, we have more than 50 people, I think, generally out out working around and those people they, they I make them nervous I walk down on the floor and they're like, they're like oh the boss and I'm like yeah. I'm not the boss I'm just a guy who makes what's wrong with you right. but it's it turns out it all, it all so how many years has it been uh, about eight I would say uh, yeah 2008 was the first gen okay it was okay. the first thing that was the first time we were selling of course we were making before that, we that. Sold the table. and, and yeah. Brenda you, you were t- how long have you been working here um, well I've I've been in association with uh, Geek Chic since the very beginning but okay. I didn't start uh, really working here until that spring when he needed more bodies to go to mm-hmm. conventions to sell and so um, I joined them at I think it was either Emerald City or Origins or probably both that year and then mm-hmm. what ended up happening over the course is I just came on like as a contract that kind of thing and then um, I was well, embarrassed yeah, I'll, telling I'll tell, the story I'll so happily, I'll I'll happily talk about story, that, how this I'm worked like, out hey. so, so I had hired a bunch of salespeople to, to work mm-hmm. for the business a bunch across a whole different range of sales uh, mm-hmm. sales uh, uh, experiences Ducati salesmen uh, mm-hmm. uh, guys who sold uh, industrial parts and I wanted I wanted to kind of get a handle on it we needed salespeople, and I was certain of it and so we were short handed and uh, again Brenda's an old friend that we had been and we talked at, at, she, she was worked. She worked on some of the original. She sanded some of the original Sultan too. And this <laughs> okay. Called yeah. everybody out in this kind of way, right. and uh, and so I said, "Listen, I need you. I, could you come out and help do sales because I need this body?" And uh, and she, in the like, first time that she I came have out, never done sales, but okay. <laughs> well, the I first time that, people stuff. Right. The first time that she came out, I played games on tables. So. Right. Yeah. She she sold more furniture than the rest of the sales staff combined, mm-hmm. um, and not and not even really close. Like they'd have had to come up a little bit harder to even come up a wow. bit close. And so I was like, "You can never do whatever you were doing before this moment. <laughs> you must take a job with us." And uh, and uh, she said yes, which was great. And uh, that basically it's all about how she understood our customers better than anybody else and how to mm-hmm. how to communicate with people and to really give them the story about what we are because we're a lot different than people expect. I mean, we don't sell anything in ways that people are experienced about doing it before. First of all, we're selling things that are way higher quality than most people get in their lifetimes. We're selling the kind of thing that, that you're going to get mm-hmm. and that your grandkids are going to fight over. That's, yeah. that's the quality standard that we're going for. And not only that, but we're interested in making it specifically for you. And so there's a whole service aspect of it where when you go and you buy you like I'm going to get a flat screen television 
you know, you have to become temporarily an expert in flat screen yes. televisions, you know, yeah. where you have to yeah. like, you're like, oh, I got to figure out what's for like 90 a, days. For 90 yeah. days, you've got, to, you've got to become kind of like the cutting edge of what the jargon is for right. flat screen yeah. so that you can feel like you can make an informed decision. And, and it's kind of crazy that that's actually and, the case. Yeah, and not feel like you're being taken advantage exactly. of by right. the yeah. person that you're talking to. Right. And what we do is we're, as our whole business model is like, no, 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 we're way more expert than you'll ever be. Right. So we basically start with that expert. So the, what I ended up doing in the very beginning was kind of pioneering. I'm just going to take it from here. Please. Yeah. Was basically pioneering selling from uh, customer support. Yeah. So I would okay. just get to know people and find out what games they played and talk about what their needs were and where they were at in their life. I mean, mm-hmm. during this whole process in the very beginning, I was as likely to talk you out of one as to give you permission to get one. Yeah. Because honestly, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. finish school, pay off your student loans, <laughs> right. we'll be here when you're ready. It's, uh-huh. it's okay. Do this when it's right for you. Right. But the most important thing to know is that we're going to get to know you. Because we're making this specifically for you. So we want to make sure it's the right size, the right features, the right height. I mean, no. I'm 5'1". Yeah. Uh, Paul, I think you're a little taller. I'm 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. So, uh, so there's a little bit of a variation I have there. real <laughs> issues sitting at any restaurant or at any table anywhere. Oh, no. Yeah. And, my, and uh, my feet are swinging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I took it from the perspective of, well, let's get to know you. and Because we're making this piece mm-hmm. for you. There, nothing is done. We don't just have legs sitting in stock. We're like, no, let's get the right height. Let's get the right wood kind. Let's get the right features. That way, while you're waiting in line, we help you design all of that. You don't have to worry. And we don't work on commission. And we likely never will for a very good reason. We want you to be secure in understanding that we are your personal advocate. We're your expert helping you get this thing. You don't have to be the TV expert who understands all the bits and bobs. We're like, no, trust us. We've well, we've done this awesome. a lot. And people, and people mm-hmm. do trust us. I mean, we, mm-hmm. when people put down a deposit for furniture with us, at this point, mm-hmm. they get something like a six-part questionnaire. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> wow. six full pages at this point. We had yeah. to break it up into so, parts so people didn't feel like they'd gotten the worst homework assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like you're it's like... It's like taking the SAT. It's like you're not <laughs> getting furniture. It's like no. you're not just getting a piece of furniture. You're like, you're adopting a piece it's of furniture. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. You know. Yeah. Right. It's funny because people... By the way, I'm copywriting that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you're getting like a functional... I call it a right. functional piece of artwork. And... Mm-hmm. And it all has its own fingerprint because this is the actual wood. We actually have wood sawyers who take the time to compose the piece out of raw lumber, whereas if you don't do that process, you actually have to stain. Most of our furniture, we kind of talk you out of staining, so you get this really cool patina and stuff like that, but we're kind of, that's going down a hole. One one thing I've noticed about Geek Chic, amongst the nerds and geeks out there, you're known. I think you're known. So I, you must have hit the con. That's where you your meat and potatoes. The con circuit is originally. You know, is, was that it? originally the the con circuit because so, it's mm-hmm. living know, out of hotels. We, probably <laughs> you have to do that for a while. Well, and when you're mm-hmm. making an investment in a piece mm-hmm. like this, unless someone has seen it and can vouch for it, it's mm-hmm. it's a big purchase and it's a big. You know, I mean, we used to have some very long lead times because we, we're first come first serve. We're like, you know, we're geeks, no cutting, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, didn't you tell but, me it was like a year? Or uh, yeah, or there, there was a very long down. time where it was wow. like uh, eighteen months was actually the longest wait time we've ever had. But right as of this day we're like eight to ten months wow um so from deposit to delivery of a made to order piece that's cool so and we actually have some other things that are coming out that actually can cut that time down if your needs are more on the basic side if that makes sense well if you don't want that kind of attention if you don't want that Mm -hmm. personalized Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. if you're like listen i just need a table Right, yeah. right, right. Well, then yeah. we can, we're going to have those kinds of things for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're coming out with what we call, uh, there's a ready-made line of furniture called the Geek Chic Standards. Right. Uh, because, <laughs> <laughs> well, Say it more like a card. Well, I, I what you really want right. is a Geek Chic Standard well, table. What, what, I, what, I, what I like, and, and I'd like you guys to talk uh, about the, I think, the Vanguard. Uh-huh. Uh, what I love is, you know, geeks and nerds out there is like, man, this is, this is great, but I can't quite afford it, but I really mm-hmm. want one. And now mm-hmm. you've, you have a product out there that... Uh, yeah, is affordable and, and we can buy. Tell us about the Vanguard. Sure, yeah. I mean the, the yeah. whole objective of it mm-hmm. too is, is that you know we, we it's it's kind of an evolution. Mm-hmm. We put out an original kind of template piece about mm-hmm. it, which was which we called the dropship table, mm-hmm. um, which really I mean we put it out and it just didn't hit kind of the feeling that we felt like it didn't feel mm-hmm. like a geek chic piece of furniture. It felt much more akin to what a lot of people can get otherwise. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it, it, it wasn't what we wanted. And so we had to really go back philosophically and decide, 
what are we really trying to do? We're trying to create a high value, but we are trying to create the kind of high quality that we feel good about. That's, that's like, you know, we still want to make furniture that people will have in 50 years. And can we make a piece of furniture that's affordable? That lives in that space, and that's right. and that's where we ended up yeah. with the Vanguard. So it is it's it's much less expensive um, than our custom furniture because we're able to take advantage of kind of modern manufacturing processes. Sure. Uh-huh. We can yeah. we we but at the same time, you know, the modern manufacturing processes uh, come with their compromises. It's a very Henry Ford situation. Yeah. It comes in any color you want as long as it's black. You know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the kind of place that it is. I, I saw I saw some of them. And I, th- I they were really nice. Yeah. I, no. I they're, like they're, yeah. The quality of the product yeah, is. Really good, uh, and 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 but but because we we designed it very much from the beginning to kind of make sure we felt great about it and that it was hitting a place then we could we can have twenty five hundred dollars. That correct twenty five hundred dollars. Yes, twenty five hundred dollars is the complete piece. So twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. uh, dining room tables that yeah. you can that you can get. I mean that's that's still that's still not. That's not peanuts. We mm-hmm. all understand that. That's yeah. not something that's there. But we really feel like it is a, an extraordinarily high quality product for the kind of minimum price point right. that we're that we're looking that, that we can deliver on that level for. So it's not. I mean, if you're if you're a kid and you know and you 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 get to move six more times. Well, actually, that's not that's not fair. It just depends on where you are in life because yeah. all of our all of those pieces break down mm-hmm. to very movable. Kind of things because they ship to you in a, in, a, in a carton and a crate and everything is like that as well. Yeah. So and it's a, it's a comparable to a regular just dining table that just sits there as a dining room table. Yeah, and probably absolutely. isn't as nice anyway. That's what you guys make. Well, no, exactly. And, and it doesn't. It's two tables in one. Yeah. It doesn't have the same features. Yeah. What, what I like, uh, Brenda, when we, you were talking to me about the table, you were talking about well. Hey, and it's good. You can make sure you can put your turkey dinner on there. Yes. And so yes. it's not just for tabletop gaming. I mean, you can mm-hmm. use it for dinner or lunch or whatever. I mean, it's... Uh, you need to be able to use, <laughs> it. use it for everything, right? Yeah, you need to be able to use it for life. Yes. Right. And living. So is that how you test yeah. it? You actually have a turkey dinner and put it on oh, there? Oh, we haven't done that yet. I don't know. Should try that, But right? tis the season. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but usually what, how they test it is that Brenda just gets on top of it and starts jumping. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually what usually happens. Right. Yeah, this last year I started doing jumping jacks on tables at conventions because I was like, gotta spice it up after a few years and show you. Inspected by Brenda, we get <laughs> that tag right. in there somewhere. That's in there. right. That's and, right. And you got another line, the Hoplite, right? Yes, the Hoplite is our uh, co- one of our most popular coffee tables, and that's actually the next one that we're bringing out in the standards line. So for the Vanguard, you can get the standard Vanguard, which is one size shape features. But if you really need something different, you can still order twelve different sizes and woods and stuff in a made-to-order version. Versus the ready-made version, which right. is the standard Vanguard. Same with the Hoplite. You have, I think, 16 different sizes available for the regular Hoplite, and mm-hmm. we're coming out with one size in a couple of different wood types that are kind of kind of one of the most popular sizes that we have um, over you know years of ordering at this point in time that will be available on a, a faster timeline, uh, just like the standard. Uh, Vanguard. You know, and what I really love is the fact that you talked about you're trying to get, you you get wood that's sustainable. So yes. to you, you you have a ethics within your company you don't, yes. you don't see that too much in your <laughs> yeah. company so well yeah i, I mean we don't that. try to soapbox it too much but right. you know we're we're woodworkers and we know that tropical hardwoods are mm-hmm. on declines and so we don't we don't want to use those we want to use farmable mm-hmm. woods they're beautiful woods but we yeah we don't want to contribute to it and that's not something that you know we're not trying to get we're not it's not marketing terms for us particularly it's just something mm-hmm. that we want to we want to do we believe that there's the the, the place that you can get the most well-managed uh tree populations effectively and forest and forest farming effectively is still North America for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, you could get that out of also, also you can get some out of Germany as well, but we're not in Europe. So it seems yeah. a silly right. thing to do, yeah. but, uh, but being able to, but being able to, to, to source woods that are, that are increased volumes, uh, because of their farm status is a very important to us. I think. Yeah. So like when we added on, um, the African mahogany sapili. Mm-hmm. Um, we only added it on because you can get it from a sustainable source, from some ethically farmed sources now. So we're like, oh, well, that's cool. When well, we wanted, cool. yeah, yeah, we wanted to add a, a wood that was outside, and we did a big search for it. And one of those searches that we looked for was mm-hmm. there's a lot of places that'll get certified as being as being uh, sustainable because uh, that's kind of a game to get accreditation, so mm-hmm. you can sell your products right. in this particular way. And so we, you know, we're geeks. We have to go deep dive. We're like, yeah, yeah but yeah. what does it really mean? And yeah. so we had to find sure. actually far, forest farmed products, and this was one of the products that 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 hit the hit the realm that, that was our standard. And of course, it 
looks beautiful and it's got all these things that we're looking for as yeah. well machining well and all yeah. kinds of products like that and so far the the people on the line have been enjoying using it too yeah no they yeah. they're like they're, well it's like anything, anything new is fun yeah yeah you mentioned earlier that we had we we have around 50 uh, employees and mm-hmm. everything is physically made here at uh, Geek Chic in Everett Washington but most of us are also gamers so mm-hmm. yeah so after work uh, after work it's kind of fun because on Fridays we'll like play some games or you know kind of let down our hair a little bit we have several employees getting to use the product they make exactly we have the the game room out there that i showed you a little earlier we have several uh people who come in on the weekends Mm -hmm. and do their role-playing uh groups or uh host game parties and stuff like that so well we have and and we have uh we we have a constant thing here there's some fun things about us you know that are that we always think that are, that we don't talk about a lot, but I always think it's fun from people who are interested sure. in the kind of culture yeah. and the business that we yeah. have here. They're kind of given the idea of like how it is here. One of the things that we have is we have drinking Friday mm-hmm. at, at three o'clock. <laughs> at three o'clock on Friday, if you are we. If you're you, done with the day, if yeah. you're done with the day, mm-hmm. you can you can you can clock out and you can join Drinking Friday. It actually started. It was funny because it was a a premise where uh, I have a bar inside my office. It's one of those things mm-hmm. that that. that I don't know, because I could. It yeah, was a thing right. that I could do, and so I did it. Um, Plus, you're I, not the one operating the heavy equipment. so Right, right. There's yeah, always a rule. You, cannot, you can't right. operate equipment. That's right. and it's like, it's like yeah. that's the kind of thing. So we, but I was, I was having a discussion with an employee, and uh, he was having a real rough personal moment. Ah, okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know, do you need a drink? And he was like, oh, God, that's, that's, that's maybe, mm-hmm. yes, I would like that. And so I poured him a drink. And I stood there. My, the, on my office doors are glass. You can see through them. And we mm-hmm. were discussing things. And I had a drink in my hand. We were talking back and forth. And people started walking in. And they never walk into my office at all. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it had to kind of analyze it for, for a bit. Mm-hmm. Why is everyone interrupting us? And I was like, because I'm holding a drink. And they always think I'm busy. But if I'm holding a drink, I must not be. Yeah. And so I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm drinking Friday. I will start drinking at 3 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. And people wander in. And I pour mm-hmm. them a drink. I have to ask them, how's it going? We just talk about nothing. And they generally tell me all the things they probably should have told me all week. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that <laughs> moment. But, but it is. It's fun. It's one of those things that we do. And it's, it's a lot of fun. We, oh, great. Well, I, you know, I invite you to come to OrcaCon to drink our Blackfish Stout. Blackfish I know you guys are coming, yeah. uh, but before yeah. we get to that, um, what does the future hold for Geek Chic? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting question, and that's the question that I like, you know, because that's where I live in that, mm-hmm. that kind of future world of what, what's happening. Uh, all of our stuff that's coming out through the R&D pipeline uh, that we've been putting together, some of the interesting things are that um, we feel real comfortable that we've provided a really comprehensive product line involving gaming you know we feel like the products that we have involved in gaming mm-hmm. are really started are really quite solid we've got a couple more things to do in that realm but some of the things that we're interested in are kind of expanding off of that gaming footprint we didn't call ourselves gamer chic we called ourselves geek chic uh and we already have some of those products like camp comic book cabinets i saw yeah. that yeah. i thought it was pretty cool yeah and, and things that already are outside of the realm mm-hmm. specifically gaming items uh and so we have a we have a three uh, uh, three piece suite of furniture that's coming out, which should be coming out early next year, mid next year, which will be um, a, a, a high, we call it a hi fi sideboard, which is for turntables mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that are coming yeah. out in a particular uh, way. Okay. Specifically dedicated piece for tube amps, turntables, right. a, a small record collection, which is what people have these days because yeah. it's not the primary thing. It's usually artifacts uh-huh. from things that mean something to you in the process wow. of putting it on. We have a uh, we have a captain's chair, which uh, oh I wow. don't know I, I, maybe we'll get you maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you some some a teaser picture or something you can there take you a go. picture of something while you're here you can see a couple of the prototypes uh, uh-huh. that's that's a big that's a big lounger chair it's got a revolt against the lazy boy uh-huh. uh, the lazy boy is an is an atrocious piece of furniture to the eye mm-hmm. but that's not the point the point right. of it is, is right. that it's supposed to be vaguely womb-like and you're supposed to get inside of it and forget that you ever had a trouble in your life right yeah. you're supposed right. to get into yeah. it crank yeah. a lever and, <laughs> and have yourself a good nap and that's it's, right it's, but, I, but i but i thought to my you know but but i was a little upset with it because you sit in a lazy mm-hmm. boy and you're like i'm gonna sit in a lazy boy and i'm gonna read a book well that's right. not a realistic plan i mean it's mm-hmm. like it's like it's basically yeah. the lazy boy's like 
how about how about twelve pages of a book in a thirty minute nap? You know, like that. It's like a negotiation. It's like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch a movie. It was like how about the beginning and end of a movie? You know, like, that, that's its job. That's yeah. its job is to kind of do that. I wanted a more active kind of chair, okay. more a chair that lived inside that space like that. that you felt like you could do something in and still relax. It wasn't like mm-hmm. straight. Straight to nap. Straight to I'm done with my right. I'm done with conscious life. Interesting. Okay. Are, you, are you watching me in my house? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is one of those you know universal kind of concepts for sure. That's I think lots of people experience it. And then the last piece in that is we're doing a uh, we call it a personal bar, uh, and the personal bar is what we would describe as. Uh, six bottles of ble- brown liquor and glasses, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that your you, favorites. it's your favorites and this kind of stuff. It's it's not a serving bar. It's like it's like mm-hmm. so it's something something you can share from. So if like, someone walked up to you and said, and you said, I'm going to pour myself, would you like a drink? He's like, Yeah, I'll take a vodka and Red Bull. It's like you can go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Yeah. It's like you will take one of these brown liquids and one of these glasses, and if you're lucky, I might find you an ice cube. You know, like that. That's kind of the that's kind of the the, the push on that, and that's part of actually a family of furniture that's that's coming out because of our odd obsession with bars. I love mm-hmm. making bars. I've been making bars personally for people. It's almost as personal as you can make. Bars are works of art. They are, they and they're they very are. personal expressions. Yeah. And I wasn't I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to make a bar that was generic, that had the kind of generic quality that people would really, really dig. But mm-hmm. we we kind of smashed our ourselves against that as an option and we we started to really come up with some of those kinds of generic bars and mm-hmm. this is all this is all underneath some of the other stuff that we're doing which is um so which is a twitch show actually yeah i was gonna, oh, wow. I was gonna yeah. say you're making furniture but uh, brenda was telling me you're doing uh, some podcasting you know and yeah podcast. of course paul and i are worried because you know our you know we got yeah. our podcast twitch is one up from, from what we do i think it's about a hundred <laughs> well there's some synergy that could happen absolutely <laughs> okay, i'm all about that i'm all about that well you just need to come on the show right? oh, yeah. like that's that's I'll it come on your show yeah, absolutely so the so the key to that is that so twitch and I'll tell you a story about Twitch, which is funny. Um, Twitch has been asking Geek Chic to do Twitch programming for a couple of years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and that seems like, oh, Twitch wants you to do programming. I was like, well, I'll explain it to you from a, from a kind of like boring business circumstance. They go around places like uh, PAX, Spinning Arcade Expo, mm-hmm. and they go around some of the places that we overlap, and they... And they look and they ask people about brands that they're seeing in that same space. Okay. And they go, hey, what do you think of Mayfair? And they go, mm-hmm. oh, okay, what do you think of Privateer Press? What do you think of, and they, they talk about these kinds of things. What do you think of Wizards of the Coast or these kinds of, these kinds of things? And lots of people will give that blank stare. But if they go around to these places and say, what do you think of Geek Chic? They go, the table guys? I love those guys. <laughs> so that puts an alarm right. bell off to Twitch, right? That they, mm-hmm. they think of us as being, just like you said, like people know us. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, and we're, we're, we're fairly well-liked, mm-hmm. even if we're, we sometimes get into a row here and there with, <laughs> right. with, with people who are like, I can't believe that you sell expensive furniture. Like, we're sorry. You're welcome. I don't know what to say. You know? <laughs> ah, but the Vanguard's going to change yeah. that. Why That's do they take so long? Everyone like, will have a Geek Chic. Right? Well, We've never not delivered a table it will get there that's right and so and so twitch wants so i think that so twitch's goal is that they don't want us to go make they don't want us to make a show for anyone else mm-hmm. right yeah. so but they don't sure. they're just a hedge right so they, but i think that the way that they deal with that is that they just take tell their development teams to come and pitch us about that we should be doing a show and so they were very nice and they took me out and would constantly talk to me about it but things are like you should do a show about gaming I'm like so I can talk about my friends games and I, I like them you know like that doesn't sound like a great plan to me or you know I can talk about this and it's just never never quite hit there and I knew what the overall objective was and I was very polite but they got to know me well enough over time that they uh, sent a development team out and they said well what if you could do a show about booze and I to be fair I'm, I'm a geek about booze I'm a geek about a lot of yeah. things geeks okay. of course I describe as being simply someone who, a geek is someone who's obsessively curious about one or more topics that's it so it's an mm-hmm. obsessive curiosity I became obsessively curious about about alcohol uh, about history of alcohol mm-hmm. about a lot of different things in this kind of way and that struck me I was like I can definitely do that we should do that and they're mm-hmm. like you want to do that and I think that surprised a lot of people but uh, but we're but we're excited about it because it allows us to do some of the things that we're doing that are part of the branch out things. We've been sure. designing things for a long time for other people that, that don't necessarily show up as being us. 
we're kind of a design house in this particular way. We get to then show people some of the things that we think aren't, you know, that aren't made mm -hmm. by us, but are also exceptional quality products and these kinds of things. And we can kind of create that kind of level of partnership with some people we want to build up mm -hmm. and bring up. Cool. Um, and, and some of those kinds of things. So so we're going to do a show about, about about drinking. So it'll be every Friday we'll turn into Drinking Friday for us, for the public, I guess, as well. And we'll be Fantastic. doing it. And <laughs> we'll, good. And we'll be an educational show. We're going to do, we're going to do a, we're going to show you how to make those kinds of things. There should be mm -hmm. stuff. I'll just be a geek about it. I'll show you how to do it. And I'll bring in some guests, uh, some mm -hmm. local guests. We'll call them the usual suspects and people <laughs> that are there. And great, then great. we'll build a menu. And then once a month we will, I'll invite my my weird geek celebrity friends from out of town and we'll fly them in and we'll have a cocktail party and we'll say put it on the big screen mm -hmm. have your own cocktail party we're going to have the biggest we're going to have the cocktail party around the world cool. we're going to do it all awesome. at the same time and right, you can right. ask questions of my my, my strange geek friends mm -hmm. that are that, that everyone seems to seems to know it's been a very pleasurable thing to be the guy I, I, can, I know a lot of geek celebrities mm -hmm. I would say and uh, the reason why that is is, I, is because I'm a little bit like the geek Willy Wonka right <laughs> <laughs> so people that don't know me yeah. I get taken around places like Comic Con mm -hmm. and like do you know Robert Robert right. and so I'm like, the, <laughs> that, I'm like the opening dinner party conversation in particular <laughs> oh, let me introduce you to my friend Robert he does this thing that's crazy <laughs> that's Cool, and you guys are coming to OrcaCon, which I think is absolutely yeah. fabulous. And OrcaCon happens over a Friday, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday? It is. No, uh, no, it's well, Friday, Thursday's, Saturday, Sunday. I guess the setup time the setup. for all of us, and but it's uh, so I need January thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yes, you do need to go to that. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be doing. So we'll we'll have a we will have a drinking yeah. Friday related event. I'm sure it's a good do with OrcaCon. Blackfish okay. Stout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, what's uh, Geek Sheet going to be doing at OrcaCon? So uh, we're going to have several vanguards there for, awesome. uh, I think, all the Kickstarter games to play on. Yes. So if you participate in playing one of the Kickstarter games, you'll be able to play one on a vanguard. And then as you enter the building, um, in the lobby there, we're going to have additional tables that you can play on as well. And uh, during like peak times, you'll be able to actually reserve tables so you can come up to the podium and say, hey, I want to play this game with this many people and that kind of thing. That way, especially if you have a really large game or a really specific um, need for the game that you're playing, we can kind of hook you up with the best case scenario. And that way, when it's really busy, also, you know, no one camps on a table. So you feel like you can actually, you know, experience it and play on it and that kind of thing. So we kind of like host a party basically there. We host kind of a little bit of a game room there. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's kind of you're kind of like the extension of our open gaming, which is great. You, you never have enough open game tables. Yeah, around, no, so, never. Uh, so why especially, not? Which is, especially it. since the hotel is going to be only OrcaCon people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. nobody else. So it's just it's just like one more room for us. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, and you get to game and style. That's right, right. Oh, on and the geek chic table. And I think it's next to where you can get food. So yes, yeah. you can eat food on the table. Right. And the blackfish stout. I'm plugging that as many times yeah. as I can. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, you've got to you've got to right. treat the people who treat you well well. That's, That's the way right. it goes. You know what I love um, as I do these interviews and, and talk to different folks um, is the fact that you are you you don't just sell to geeks or nerds or mm -hmm. products. You're actually one yourselves. Yeah. And so I just need to know, what do you nerd, on, nerd out on? What do you geek out on? I mean, for me and Paul, you know, it's comic books, tabletop gaming. Actually, it's pretty much everything, right? Pretty I mean, much, yeah. You know. yeah. So what Star about you, Trek. Brenda? What about you, Robert? I think the most disparate thing that I geek out about is food. And basically mm -hmm. food science. Oh, wow. Um, I have mm -hmm. some diabetics. I have some um, celiacs. I mm -hmm. you know, like gluten-free people in my family. And I have a very large family. Right. And, so, and so for me, it's kind of fun to take a basic recipe and see if I can make it, you know, a little more diabetic-friendly or gluten-tolerant, you know, gluten-free or something mm -hmm. like that. Or just the, the way that you can combine different flavors and unusual ways for food. But the food science part I find very... Very interesting. Hmm, that's very cool. Um, but that's probably the farthest away that I get from, you know, from playing games and right. card games and stuff like that. But you, you've been doing that for how long? Or did it, was this that's my, like, an geek, intro? That's intro. my geek hobby. Oh, basically. okay. Okay. Yeah. Because when we say, you know, someone who's obsessively curious about sure. one or more topics, we usually go, okay, we understand that you like games, mm -hmm. you know, because you're talking with us. So oh, most yeah, likely yeah, yeah. you play games or maybe read comics or something like that. But what is that, that thing? Yeah. yeah that, you yeah. know, what's your, what's your, uh, uh, could be baseball. Mm -hmm. It could sure. be hockey. It could be, um, 
I want to say wicker right? making. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's do let's do the let's do the rundown. Like, what's your, what's your favorite game right now? My favorite game right now um, would be Super Fight because my daughter really likes playing it. <laughs> so, Super so Fight. Just, okay. Although uh, there's kind of a weird special place in my art right now for the um, Camp Grizzly. <laughs> Camp Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> Camp okay. Grizzly. Okay. So the Camp Grizzly, if you guys don't know, that's a that's a cooperative oh, board game that plays like a 1979 horror picture. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that takes place okay. at I'm camp, and down. so it's got all the stereotypical right. characters that you see. In yeah, some, it's it's fairly clever. You can get yeah. you get cards. You get additional mm-hmm. cards. Some of those cards are like uh, uh, it's the same tropes, which mm-hmm. is to be a virgin, which protects you from from the kind of uh, general thing. Because remember, those were all morality oh, yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like, and of course, you've got there's a mechanic for fooling around or doing, <laughs> something, doing something naughty, like stealing right. something, this kind of yeah. stuff. But right. of course, makes you a higher target for these right. people. That's right. Odd thing. So it's, that's good. What's your favorite comic book? Uh, fables. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah. when did you did you start this at an early age? So you know you. Uh, no, um, the earliest games that I played were probably more traditional games. Like mm-hmm. my entire immediate family is addicted to cribbage. Okay. Oh, so yes. you know mm-hmm. I know all of the ways to make fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up with uh, really traditional mm-hmm. games like cribbage, checkers, chess, Chinese checkers, mm-hmm. lots of different you know card games, delt games, stuff like that. Um, just kind of expanded in kind of the high school kind of area out to like playing role playing games and okay. games that weren't necessarily on on a mass market uh, target. Right. Right. So, okay. what's your what's your favorite? I'm I'm sorry. I'm no, take no, 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 take yeah, yeah, no. Just, so, what's your favorite? We're in your house now. Sorry, so. So, so what's, what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite sci-fi or fantasy book? Oh, oh, that's that's hard. There's so many. There's so many good authors. Pick pick three that come to first. First three come to mind. Uh, how about I want to say Scalzi, Rothfuss, and say Butcher. There we go. Scalzi, okay. John Scalzi, Patrick Rothfuss, and Jim Butcher. Yeah, Jim that's Butcher kind of is a, the, that's, that's a good kind of a that's range. Good. That's okay. a good range. There's some sci-fi. There's some mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. There's some urban just, fantasy in there. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. I like yeah, that. I just finished Ready Player One by Klein for oh, like that's the fourth a, time. That's a tremendous book. You know, okay. you can read that on the airplane. Oh yeah, that's yeah. great. That's really clear one. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, geek movie or TV show? Oh, that's hard. So many. Yeah, so many I know. What what a what a glut I mean, we have. What, yeah. The world became catering to like, us. I know. That's not a fair question. Yeah. What's the one that you? What's the like, one that you most like favorite? Like I've got recently? Buffy and Angel on DVD. Oh, oh there, you there you go, Buffy and Angel. Yeah. There you go. That's and good. because of that, I've been watching Bones right now for some reason. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does Bones qualify as a geek program? Well, I don't know if it does. Science. It's, ah, it's fair. It's very smart. The whole protagonist is a forensic anthropologist. I guess that that does qualify. So it's what? just following Boreanaz's career. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, Robert, what about you? I mean, were you, were you one of those high school kids that were playing D and D? And well, you know, my first Steve Jackson games. The first, uh-huh. the first role playing game that I ever played, yeah. and I sometimes get groans if I if I explain this, was actually Palladium Rifts, which was real <laughs> crunchy. If everyone, anyone who knows that kind of thing goes, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go, wow, yeah. That was my first experience with it. Um, but usually you ease into that. You don't <laughs> just, just just go yeah. into that. Well, you know, I was a I was part of I was the generation of the satanic panic, right? So, okay. Right. So I had I had those kind of parents that were okay. like, I heard somewhere on the news that this will lead you like. Well, you were yeah. in row, so that, that yeah. that's right. Yes. This will lead you to, to death metal. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. <laughs> death metal, and this will lead you to suicide and, and compacts. Right? I saw mazes and monsters. That's right, uh, that's, Robert. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're going down a dark path. But but for some reason, but, so you had to pick something that was off of that. So. Palladium Rifts right. was not quite that, so I think that was the easiest thing to do in that in that regard. But but even so, I mean, I I think I love role playing games. I think mm-hmm. that they are one of the the most unique experiences that people can have. They they live somewhere between games. I think of them as to be very very nerdy about it. I apologize, mm-hmm. but to no. say I think that they're they're the successful experimental successor to the happenings of the '60s, which is effectively audience. Audience created uh, events, okay. audience created mm-hmm. yeah. theatrical yeah. events, because effectively everyone gets together and they all sure. they give all people kind of come together to 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 give a story, truth in life, right? Mm-hmm. And you can play a lot of different kind of games, I and mean, you can play a ton, ton of games of chess or mm-hmm. checkers or yeah. even something that has more narrative 
like a, like even a, like an Arkham Horror or something along those lines. It has a real kind mm-hmm. of or Camp Grizzly or Camp Grizzly. <laughs> but I, but usually people, you know, those are great momentary experiences. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get together and you play a role playing game, people will talk twenty years later about that time that you jumped off the back of oh, the yeah. dragon yeah. Yeah. and he put it through and he was kicking you off and and it's like mm-hmm. you're all talking about a thing that never happened that you all gave the truth. <laughs> right. You know, in, in in the information age and in the age of the internet, all these millennials are they're not talking to each other face to face and I think you're, you're missing something and yeah. that's why I love about you know you this is Nexus where you're creating these these tables playing tabletop games and we all sit around and and, and, and engage one another in fact I love bringing my kids to these mm-hmm. uh, tabletop gaming conventions because they mm-hmm. interact with other kids yeah. um, and there's something magical about that yeah. when you're actually there in the room engaging and doing role playing yeah, no, exactly. And even just that kind of, there's that social time. It creates a social, it creates a social excuse. It's exactly like a, it's a geek dinner party. Let's get mm-hmm. together and play games. And you sit there and you talk about all the things that you'd normally do as humans. You talk about tribal things that make sense mm-hmm. together. You say, you know, well, Jennifer's pregnant. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, it's something you never would have necessarily texted someone about called them about yeah. it's something that would show up on a Facebook post is very passively but that's a passive engagement it doesn't create that kind of community and th- you know getting together to play games is one of those things that's so interactive it drives that kind of that community building in a very strong way and do you uh, besides role playing Comic books, uh, comic books, yeah. Tabletop favorite game. comic book, yeah. Favorite, favorite, favorite yeah, Brenda, comic book. Brenda's good yeah, question. I got grilled. Favorite, favorite <laughs> comic book. Uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the Watchmen. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. very good. Yeah. Watchmen, okay. Watchmen is an extraordinary comic book. Okay. Just about anything by Alan Moore is exceptional. Yep. Tom Strong. He's a little weird now, but yeah, okay, he was always good. weird. <laughs> he was, <laughs> the, he was always a, was, he was weird from the right. moment he started. If you don't understand that, you're, you're not even. <laughs> no, he, Tom Strong. If you've mm-hmm. ever read that by, by Alan more it's fantastic mm-hmm. it's his crack at pulp as if he was doing mm-hmm. as if he was doing a, a, a doc savage style character amazing mm-hmm. I love, i'm a big fan of pulp that makes me a bit of a nerd too i suppose mm-hmm. um so yeah anything by elmore probably lives in my favorites of all time that's right so book favorite sci-fi fantasy book sci-fi fantasy book well i mean i i am i can't, can't think of anything but but scalzy currently because you reminded me of how good old man's <laughs> War was <laughs> and red search but probably ready player one i mean i've got so many of those that i really did enjoy you know wait there's a guilty pleasure that's probably an more interesting question what's the guilty pleasure um there was a margaret weiss space opera trilogy that had laser swords in it Wow. Do you remember the yeah. oh, you know? oh uh, what? Starfire Gian? Yeah, it was a mm. jewel. It was about people okay. who were. It was about blue bloods who could operate like they were like oh it was, it was, it's you put not, your hand in a sword and it, it actually puts, injects like toxins in you that you're immune to okay. if you're part of a bloodline. Okay. Crazy stuff. Yeah, you wow. do, you remember? Oh, you read it? Okay. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, I, I it's Margaret Mar- Mar- Weiss mm-hmm. wrote it. It was one of the rare instances where it wasn't a. a Weiss Hickman joint, as we'll as we'll say, you know. So Wadoff she wanted to write a space opera trilogy. That was it. So I'll go with that. That's a guilty pleasure, okay. I'd say. Uh, favorite uh, sci-fi movie, movie, TV, fantasy oh, genre. There you Lord. go. Ah, uh-huh. too hard. How, how about too this? How about hard. what's playing now? So now uh, there's your choice. You know, you got Westworld. You got so the... fa- no. Fa- fa- I'll okay. describe this best fantasy best fantasy movie made to date is Willow. Best fantasy movie made today is Willow. If you have not seen Willow, boys and girls... Go out and look at Willow. The the effects are very first at the end of the first beginning. They still Wouldn't hold that up. Be anyone under the age of thirty yeah. <laughs> probably have not, not seen that's, Willow. That's okay. You gotta go out. You gotta see it. It's the best. It it's is the good. best. It's like got it. George Lucas producing mm-hmm. it, which is exactly his best role when he's producing, not mm-hmm. doing much else. Producing is what he does best. Professor Shrink is in it. It's right. you that. It's really got, old school. That's the right. Croft, Croft, that's right. Uh, that's right. Oh. It's got. <laughs> it's, that's, that's good. Thank you. The it's it's got. It was directed by Ron Howard. Howard and Ron Howard yeah. is the the great thing about it is that he understands that the be, the beginning mm-hmm. and end of that movie is about mm-hmm. individuals and families and small sacrifices. It makes sense. It's an actual fantasy. It's a fantasy experience that knows where the beginning and end of it is. It's great. Go check it out. It's the best. And there's been a lot of great stuff. There's been mm-hmm. there's yeah. been a lot of a lot of great stuff that's come out. I've, I, but I can unequivocally say the best fantasy movie made so far 
as Ben Willow. Especially during that time, because it was in the 80s. So I, that was I don't have to, I don't have to, best one. Right? I don't have to qualify yeah. it. Yeah. I don't have to qualify it's it. It's best today. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm ready to fight. You want to find me? Right, you want right. to fight? You want to tell me I'm wrong? <laughs> I'm ready to go. I, if I had to pick a second best, I would, I would say 13th Warrior. If you want the best okay. D&D movie in history, if you want to see what a D&D movie looks like, right. 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas, and I know that that what? sounds weird. Yeah. Not, not I, the... Not the I may have to rewatch that. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic. It is good. It's it fantastic. Good. It's like, it is flatly... It, there are some movies that are actually almost like the mm-hmm. role-playing game write-ups, right? Okay. And the 13th Warrior is one of those. It's, it's, a, it's, a, tra- it's a Beowulf version. It's like somebody mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to do a Beowulf campaign. Yeah. Right? It's a fantastic. <laughs> okay. I get that. I get I'm that. glad you didn't say the best uh, D&D movie was the Dungeons & Dragons movie because that was awful. No, no, no. I would say I would say that one of the best, the most recent mm-hmm. good role playing movie, as if it was a role playing mm-hmm. game that you were watching, is mm-hmm. is Mad Max. It's flatly a role. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fantastic. It's, it's like, like Car Wars. Isn't that Steve Jackson Car? No, Wars? no. It's a, it's like it's a, it's, it's post apocalyptic right. role playing. But it's, if you were making a post apocalyptic sure. game, it's exactly what it'd be. It'd be like, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Just think about that whole experience that you're having yourself. Mm-hmm. It's every time it's like a level up. It's like there's these guys on the back of the thing and they're drumming and yeah. then there's a guy suspended by bungee cords and he's 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 playing an electric guitar yeah. and that's he's the bard of the group. He's giving them all the I'm powers. Sorry. That scene broke my mind in the theater. I cracked up. It's hilarious. Like, Is this happening? Shoots I just fire. I, I laughed till I cried when I saw it. You got comic well, these comic <laughs> villains that are, oh that are above the top. Well, it's exactly like a role playing game. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, Robert and Brenda, we went way over, but this. This is great. I had a great time here. Thank it's you all right. so you can much. Come back and we'll do more of this. Sure. With libations. Maybe on a Friday. Maybe on a Friday. On a Friday. <laughs> if people want to check out your stuff, yes. they go to geekchichq. They go to geekchichq.com. Yep, that's correct. That's, right. that's exactly it. And Ain't... chic is a French borrow word, so it's spelled C H I C. It's like chick without a K. Yeah, it basically means fashion forward, roughly. It's like, hey, we're geeks and mm-hmm. we deserve nice things. Yeah. And, and that's in the okay. podcast, you had to handle the hands for that. Yeah, you can. You, of course, you'll be able to find it there mm-hmm. on the website when it's when it's there. But it's twitch.tv forward slash geekchichq. It's the same thing. The same thing there. So we'll be able to see that uh, those. I think that we're doing test like, runs this week. Yeah, currently. I don't so know when should, they're going to be like the next, should, within the next couple of months or something. Oh like no, they'll be they'll be we'll, well be it's live the holidays. We'll, season, we'll be live by January okay. for sure. There'll be there'll be shows going up by January, and cool. if you're part of the newsletter, cool. you'll get to see the secret shows. Okay, Paul, I think you said you. I interrupted you. Sorry no, about that. No, no, come on. You, I but I lost my train of thought. Okay, mm. fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, I am looking forward to seeing you guys at OrcaCon. Yeah, we'll be glad to be there. Thanks for letting me share with you Brenda and Robert and their story about how they built Geek Chic, two wonderful people that helped put tabletop gamer nerds into mainstream and make it actually cool to have a specially designed table that you can eat off during Thanksgiving dinner with your friends and family, and then kill them in a friendly board game. Well, I hope I can catch you all next episode, so in the meantime, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.